0: Welcome to Real Estate Uncovered, presented by the Real Estate Inspection Company, where we interview every type of real estate industry expert to uncover some common and not-so-common real estate topics. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hi, this is Philippe Heller, and today I'm joined by Nancy Lane from Windermere Homes and Estates. Uh, Nancy, thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and let us know what your position is and and what you do over there.
0: Great. Hi, uh, Philippe. Wonderful to join you. Uh, I'm Nancy Lane. I'm the broker of record for Windermere Homes and Estates. I'm actually also the president uh, for 2021 of North County Association of Realtors and um, on risk management, um, obviously, uh, for Windermere and also for the board um, and professional standards as well. So I have Sort of the whole uh, shape of of the industry. Sometimes it it uh, it's interesting to see it from all sides.
1: Well, and the industry is changing very quickly. Uh, a lot of laws are changing. Um, not only do does the real estate community have to deal with just the frenzy and the ebbs and flows of real estate, but we also have to keep an eye on new regulation. And rules and just society in general. So that's what I wanted to talk about today: is uh, all, some of the upcoming changes and how can uh, those of us in the real estate community reduce our liability? It's such a it's such a you know treacherous field that we all practice. So what are some of the things? For example, there's a lot of new talk about the words that can be used to describe certain properties, and what can you put on the MLS listing or in ads. And, um, why don't you run through a few of those that agents may be shocked, uh, are words that they shouldn't use to describe a property?
0: Well, it's kind of an interesting point because I really do believe that the intent with this new rules and the new laws were to protect people from, um, you know, just being discriminated against and, and to, you know, to really make it better for the consumer. But as with most things with, with, uh, Power and powerful situations, uh, sometimes it gets carried a little far. So uh, things that are of sort of interest to me, I think, are uh, the master bedroom, which can no longer be called the master bedroom. It now has to be called the primary room, primary bedroom, um, which I just think is is terrible. The master bedroom never was referring to masters and slaves. It was referring to that was the one who was the largest bedroom and the other bedrooms came off of that usually without a a bathroom attached. Um, And then the other one that I think is really interesting is walking distance. You can't say it's walking distance to the beach or to the store. It has to be either specific, you know, quarter of a mile or uh, close, uh, close proximity or some sort of sort of generic term for close. Um, And I just, I don't know that that actually helps, To clarify anything for any of the consumers, I just think it becomes one of those uh, word pretzels that we all have to uh, abide by.
1: Yeah, our our home inspectors are starting to get admonished for using some of those terms, Um, you know, and they—they're you know they're doing their job and referring to different parts of the house. So it's an education for everybody in the community um, that that deals with real estate. I know that uh, there's some things related to referring to, to you know kid friendly things or certain, you know, genders, everything has to be rather neutral. So I guess the takeaway is there, there is a list, right? Does, um, North County, uh, North San Diego County Association of Realtors have a list of words that are.
0: C-A-R has a list that they've put out. Um, we obviously make it available. I make it available in our, um, in my company as well. Um, it's, it's, It's a little, um, it's just interesting to me because we have, uh, you know, we have for years talked about things like when people use euphemisms for different, um, like trash man became a sanitation engineer and things like that. And we used to sort of laugh at it, but now it's become part of our everyday life. So uh, it's just one of those things you have to, you know, add into your advertising and make sure that you don't utilize those words. Um, And just, it's again, one of those things that we do to, to help our agents stay out of trouble. Um, and should, I'm as well. Should agents
1: run a, a proposed listing description by their broker or legal counsel?
0: Uh, well, legal counsel would get a little spendy, but um, yeah, they probably should if they have any question about it. Um, and again, we make that list available to all of our agents. And I think everybody should um, take advantage of that, um, you know, information and just sort of You know, make sure that you're not using. It's sort of like when you're filling out uh, an AVID, you know, you don't want to use descriptive terms. Um, The same thing is true of advertising. You don't want to use terms that could be interpreted differently than they were intended.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, speaking of AVIDs and, and kind of transitioning to inspections. Lately, there's been such a frenzy in the market and it's become so competitive that a lot of people are submitting offers and waiving a home inspection altogether. And uh, what are your, what are your comments on that? Do you foresee lawsuits coming because inspections were waived um, as you know, because everybody's relying on the sellers to be experts and disclose what they know, but um, do you foresee any legal pitfalls? And what should agents have done with their buyers election of inspection forms?
0: Yes. um, Actually in uh, lawsuits have already started um, several months ago, as a matter of fact, Um, I'm also a CAR director Um, And one of the things that we've learned uh, at the state level is the um, the the lawsuit happy, the trigger happy lawsuits have have started, um, gosh, right away. Almost Um, skipping an inspection is not a good idea simply because homeowners and buyers aren't equipped to understand what it means when they see something that is out of place. And an inspection company such as yours is trained in this and they understand what they're looking at. Um, I happen to be married to a contractor and he tells me all the time when I'm looking at something that I have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, from I look at it from a real estate standpoint. He looks at it from a builder standpoint and it's a very different thing. And unless you plan on going to school and training yourself in how to look at things, in which case don't stay a realtor, uh, you really do need to have an expert look at it and make sure that, that is uh, that an inspection is done. If you have a buyer that insists on not Uh, having an inspection, and a lot of times they'll couple that with not having an appraisal, um, then there there really is a very big danger on the backside of that transaction of having that buyer come back and say that, gosh, you should have told me, uh, even though nine times out of 10, we have. So I insist um, for my uh, agents to have that in writing um, and that they understand that this is a risk they're taking. But better yet, just have your um, sellers do their inspections up front. Uh, If you give that information to a buyer, as they do in uh, Northern California, before they even write the offer, that removes that whole issue as part of the transaction because they were aware of any um, issues or defects that are brought forward by the inspection company before they even write the offer. Um, And that is really the best safety valve that there is in terms of how to uh, protect yourself and your buyer. Uh, But again, if you have a buyer who insists on a property that does not have an existing inspection um that they do they want to waive that make sure you get in writing from them that they understand the risks involved in doing so because that's just um that's just an a, a, an accident or a lawsuit waiting to happen
1: and i think listing agents also those who said we're only entertaining offers that are you know without contingencies including inspections i think they're setting themselves up for exactly. lawsuits as well because exactly. you know they were looking for the uh, the big you know price bump over asking. And, uh, what's going to happen is that's going to come back and say, well, you, you wouldn't let me do an inspection. And now I moved in and I found these problems. So I'm not only saying the, the person that
0: didn't let them do an inspection. Exactly. No, that's not, that's, that's not a good place to be in, in a lawsuit. Um, and I've always said that the more information that you can give to the buyer upfront, the tighter the deal. Because the last thing you want to have happen is them find out something right before close that's a material fact. Um, And then you've wasted
1: a lot of time because you've gone down that path with the wrong. Every house is right for somebody. I've learned over almost 19 years Mm -hmm. now that there is a buyer for just about every single house. But it may not be right for that buyer. And you want to find that out immediately as soon as possible so both sides can move on. You know, yep. listing side and the buyer side. They can, Much cleaner. They can want to find yep. I love that. Exactly. Well, one of the other uh, topics that has uh, garnered a lot of discussion lately is AB 38. And this kind of flew in from, you know, right field where nobody really saw it coming. And all of a sudden it's a big deal. And um, AB 38 is a new law. That requires sellers, it's another disclosure, it requires the seller to disclose uh, several aspects of their home if it was built prior to 2010, uh, and uh, whether or not they're more or less vulnerable to wildfires. And uh, just to let you know, the reason it's 2010 is because new building codes went into effect that made homes a lot more fire resistant. Uh, that's why you only have to uh, be concerned if the home that's being sold or purchased is uh, was built prior to 2010. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? I know it's been very vague as to what people have to do, but how can agents protect themselves from a future lawsuit uh, regarding defensible space and wildfires?
0: Well, first of all, um, I know that the law itself only relates to um, properties that were built before 2010. But if you have a property that's in a high or very high fire zone, I'm going to suggest that you give that form anyway because um, the the chances of there being a fire in a high or very high fire zone—I mean, all of Southern California essentially is a high fire zone—are um, pretty high. And so, if you have a property that you just sold that you said, "Oh, we don't have to worry about the wildfire disclosure," and then there's a wildfire. Uh, well, you can see there might be an issue there. Um, secondly, that form, I know everybody says it came out of left field. It's been in existence, that law, for a while. It passed a couple of years ago, but it just hasn't been implemented. And it was implemented in sections. And so we had the first section where you just kind of had to say if you knew anything and most sellers said, no, we don't. But now we're in the due on sale clause section and uh, quite literally nobody prepared for it. Um, up and down the state, if you ask, Almost any um, entity, if they have something in place for doing the inspections that are quote-unquote required by that form, nobody has any idea of it. Um, I was on a risk management call today with um, uh, the one of the attorneys for CAR, and um, they don't even really want to answer it. We're still waiting for information from them, but the the... The litigation, I'm going to guess, is what they're looking for to solve the riddle of how it's going to be handled. Um, as it sits right now, if your seller is aware they're supposed to give disclosure and they are supposed to have the inspection, which, again, nobody knows who does the inspection, um, before the close of escrow. Or they can assign that responsibility to the buyer who within the next two years is required to have that inspection. But the same problem still applies, which is that nobody really knows who does those inspections. We keep yep. getting told that it's going to happen, that somebody's going to answer it. But so far, the city, um, the city fire department, Cal Fire, nobody seems to know, um, and there isn't anything in place. Um, and so, I, I, it really is sort of a, a a gamble in terms of of what anybody is supposed to do. Um, And I am of the opinion that this is not something that's going to go away quietly if we have if we have a fire.
1: No, and we're we're ready to go to perform that service because there's no way Cal Fire can uh, perform inspections on all the homes sold in high fire. They're busy. They're putting out fires. That's that's their primary job, primary focus. Yep. And we're ready to do it. We've uh, spoken to. Uh, Cal Fire's legal department, and you and I in. talked
0: about this what a year ago, Philippe. About, yeah, yeah, and and again, it still hasn't been resolved. And I I really applaud you for um, stepping in and stepping up, and 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 you know, kind of pursuing this because it really doesn't appear like anybody else has has done so. And I um, I think that this is something that's going to be a bigger problem than people uh, assume it's going to be. Another thing, uh, with,
1: uh, I'm sure you've heard in the high fire risk areas, homeowners insurance companies are dropping clients left and right because yep. of the risk.
0: And if you were doing that before this, by the way, I lived in Valley Center for 15 years and we got dropped, I think three or four times. Um, I'm, every time sure they came out awesome. with a new fire map.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm looking for one right now. I live in Ramona and we just got dropped. And so we're, we're in that same boat right now. Uh, but for buyers agents, um, you know, if a house doesn't comply with defensible space rules, uh, that's a negotiable item. Like, you know, cutting down a tree could be easily eighteen hundred bucks. And imagine if there's a couple of trees and shrubs, and maybe a hillside that could easily reach five or ten thousand dollars or more to clear that, just so the buyer will be able to get a reasonable homeowner's insurance rate. So, um, you really should know the the, um, the defensible space. Uh, requirements and how it applies to any house that your buyers are buying because a it's negotiable and b i think that you're you're subjecting yourself to potential liability if a buyer buys a house and it gets destroyed in a wildfire
0: that's an actually a little bit of a new wrinkle that i hadn't thought of with regard to this form because as i mentioned if the seller transfers the responsibility kind of like the water um reduction um there's a form the, yeah, yeah, The low flow water, you can assign that responsibility to the buyer. Well, you can assign this responsibility to the buyer too. Um, but I think to your point, Philippe, when you have uh, an insurance um, that you get dropped from your insurance because it hasn't been done, or when you have several thousand dollars more than you thought it was going to cost to do that, that clearance or have that inspection. I think that those will be um, lawsuits in retrospect because people will be coming back going, okay, I was willing to take on the responsibility, but you didn't tell me it could cost me $15,000. Exactly. I think that's going to be a problem because we don't know what it is that they're going to ask or we don't know what we don't know. I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. And it's a big conundrum.
1: Yeah. So we'll keep everyone posted as we move forward. And we hope that we can get, um, a, a, I think we're going to begin to do those, uh, inspections anyway, just to inform buyers. They won't be submitt- submissible, um, as per the law, which, which states that these inspections have to be done by the fire department or some nonprofits, which have not been named or identified. Nobody knows who actually would do it. Uh, so it's going like, to be
0: essentially a guesstimate, which yep. I am always more. Uh, I'm happier to have that than nothing, and exactly. I think that that's that's a helpful um, benefit. And but you definitely need some CYAs on that thing,
1: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> ah, that's the industry, right? Yeah, isn't it? So- Yeah. So we just try and do our best every time. Um, All right. Well, great. I I love this discussion. Agents, if you're listening to this, really take it to heart, uh, all the pitfalls that we're talking about today, the new rules, keep abreast of it, really pay attention to the newsletters coming out from your association. But I'd love to hear your take on what you think about the San Diego market. What do you see for the rest of this year and maybe even beyond
0: that? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, so many things are changing at the, um, the state and federal level, um, that affect our, our market. If this were a market, uh, you know, void of everything else, um, that we're just, we're talking about the market itself, um, I think San Diego is well placed to do well. Um, we have a lot of people in Northern California, even LA areas that have sold their houses for ungodly numbers of, of, uh, Money and then coming down and, and feeling like we're a bargain down here and of course San Diego the weather the Padres uh, and all of those things that go with living in San Diego are always of benefit. Um, you have, for example, the the median price in San Diego is eight thirty, I believe, and in in uh, North County it's actually nine twenty. It's crazy. Wow. So we have, you know. Uh pricing that even though that's crazy pricing for us, it's still less than, you know, the Bay Area. And with people being able to work remote, I think that that does give us an advantage. The, uh, the wild card is what's going to happen with the state regulations and the national regulations. Um, you know, with with the DOJ rescinding its agreement with NAR, that's going to change some of the things that we're required to do. So there's just so much that's happening right now. Um, and another reason for agents to stay up and, and to listen to these podcasts and to pay attention to their brokers, of course, and, uh, their, their associations and, and make sure that you, you are staying abreast of everything that's happening. Um, because that can, that can change the course of, of, uh, the industry.
1: Let's not take our eye off of the iBuyer companies either. That uh, is, that's going to be game changing for many industries, when you have these big uh, home services companies like Home Advisor, Porch, et cetera, uh, buying up service companies, and um, now real estate, you know when there's a big merger among some of those, um, you're going to see a lot of people sidelined. And so, do not take your eye off that ball because it's going to be significant. And they've got very deep pockets. And um, definitely, I see some disruption by the end of this year from those companies for sure.
0: I agree. Um, I do think that there's still, there's going to be, um, sort of a difference in, um, marketing and, and companies and who they market to that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that end buyer is going to be very specifically defined by the company you choose. Um, and I think that'll be an interesting change as well. Yeah, it'll be it's exciting, exciting time, Uh, a little unsettling,
1: but, um, you know, those who keep up with everything are going to rise to the top as usual. So uh, people like you always share great information and I really appreciate your time today. And uh, I know I'll be reaching out to you soon about some other AB 38 stuff as we are informed. Uh, But thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, it's, it's actually a question as to whether it's a real quote, but I've always liked it because it's styled as a curse. May you live in interesting times.
1: (laughs) Very good. I love it. I love it. All right, Nancy, thank you. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon.
0: You too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate Uncovered with the Real Estate Inspection Company. Connect with us at sdinspect.com or call 800-232-5180. If you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Thanks again and catch you next time.